0: I fully recognize what time it is. (laughs) But you're all gonna be okay. Today is Reformation Sunday. It was on this day, on October 31st, 1517, that Martin Luther, seeking to initiate a bit of scholarly debate, posted his 95 Theses on the door of the church in Wittenberg, Germany. And on that day, his 95 Theses unwittingly sparked a revolution in theological conversation and gave rise to the Reformation, which is the very reason that you and I are here today. It seems good to me that we remember our history that we remember that people took opportunities directed by the Spirit of God that led them to a crossroads and created a day. Because I want you to think about this morning, what a difference a day makes. What a difference a day makes From that day, a few years later, actually 500 years ago this year, how many of you were there? I know some of you might say to me, I feel like I was there. 500 years ago this year, Luther also, several years after the theses were posted on the door in Wittenberg, Luther was translating the New Testament from ancient Greek into German. Why? So that the scripture that had largely been held in the church in the Latin could be available to more people. What a difference a day makes. And this morning as... Acts chapter two is read to us. We reflect on the activity of that day 2,000 years ago and wonder what a difference a day made. In Acts chapter two there are three distinct sections. There's the first section verses one to 13 in which promises are being kept. Because Luke, who is believed also to be the author of Acts, said in the 24th chapter of Luke, verse 49, where Jesus said, go and wait in Jerusalem and go and wait for the gift my Father will give you of the Holy Spirit. And John, in chapters 14, 15, and 16 of his gospel, wrote the words of Jesus in the upper room when Jesus described The gift of the Spirit as being an advocate or a paraclete, one who walks alongside that would teach and remind and convict and judge. And Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13 is a record of the promise of God being kept for the people of God. where Acts chapter one describes Jesus' last days on earth and his ascension into heaven with final instructions to wait in verses four and five until they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I hate waiting. Anybody else wanna give witness to that? Thank you, John, thank you. My wife will tell you I don't even like standing in line I hate slow traffic, I don't drive the 210. But sometimes, sometimes the better part of wisdom is to wait. And we need to remember and recognize that when they were waiting, they were waiting after the Passover in the 50 days leading up to the Jewish celebration of Pentecost. And they were waiting and gathered and they were praying, 120 of them. In this space where they were together, waiting. Thanks be to God. I hope we'll always celebrate the work of God, whatever expression it takes. As we reflect on the gift of the Holy Spirit to the believers in Jerusalem, I wanna suggest to you that it happened on the day in which the Israelites were commemorating the Passover, the Jewish tradition in which God came, and God's Spirit moved upon the people, and God's Spirit gave them a new future and a new hope. For on that night of Passover, there was this sense that a day makes a difference. And I would suggest to us this morning that the giving of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem in that room where 120 of them had waited and prayed was simply an affirmation and an extension of the covenant of God throughout biblical history. For God was affirming the covenant made with Abram or Abraham God was reaffirming the covenant made to Israel at Mount Sinai. He was reaffirming the Davidic covenant made to David that the Messiah would be of his lineage. And here they are, God reaffirming and recovenanting now with the people of God who were about to explode and expand in ways not even imagined. And here they are. Together. Daniel Bloch said that Pentecost in Jerusalem was a microscopic experience of what the Israelites had witnessed at Sinai. Think about it, at Sinai there were flames, there was smoke, and there was the voice of God. And in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, there were flames and the presence of God in a mighty rushing wind. And that mighty rushing wind is important to us because wind throughout scripture is the breath of God and the breath of God comes and sweeps through the room. And on a day in Jerusalem, they experience a day that makes a difference. I'm impressed by the timing of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Realize with me that the gift of the Holy Spirit came when there were thousands and thousands of pilgrims in Jerusalem. who were gonna go home and take the baptism of the Holy Spirit with them. In Acts chapter two, verses 12 to 40, Peter stands up and preaches, it says in verse 14. If there was ever a changed life experience that the Holy Spirit made it possible for a person to leave a memory of a history of pain, it would be Peter. Think about what it means for Peter to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, for he had denied Jesus three times and he has that memory deep in his heart and he feels and experiences the inadequacy of falling short, and yet Jesus had restored him and forgiven him, and so he waits for what is next. And here it is in Acts chapter two, and Peter becomes the voice of the church in Jerusalem in fulfillment of Jesus' prophecy that Peter the rock would be the foundation upon which Jesus would build his church. Can we draw hope from that, friends? That whatever your past or my past, whatever failures we've had, whatever disappointments we've experienced, the Holy Spirit of God can come and the Holy Spirit of God can rebirth us in a way that gives us a future not even imagined in our moments of failure. Thanks be to God. There is hope for us. There is hope for us when I see young men like Keller and Samuel baptized in front of us today. There's hope for us when I see these children gathered around and say, oh thanks be to God. And Peter's message lays the responsibility for the trial and death of Jesus at the feet of those listening and they fall under deep conviction and ask, what shall we do? And Peter's response was what? Repent and be baptized. And 3,000 were added to their numbers. Think about the movement of the work of God from hiding after the crucifixion behind locked doors to exploding in Jerusalem and 3,000 were added to their number in one day. What a difference a day makes. Acts chapter two verses 42 to 47 record the behavior of the believers. The scripture says to us that they gave themselves to the teaching of the apostles, fellowship, sharing meals, prayer, and caring for those in need. even more than the coming geographic dispersion of the people of God, is the Holy Spirit's reordering of their reality. If the Holy Spirit has the power and the capacity to remake us, to rebirth us, to give us a future different from the past of our failure and sin that we could not have imagined before the Holy Spirit comes, The Holy Spirit will also reorder our reality for the days that lie ahead. And we should say thanks be to God because we don't want to go back to the ways of the past. For they were fruitless. They created pain and sorrow and suffering. They bound us up. They created for us a craving in our spirit and our soul for something different. And for these people that came through repentance, for they recognized what they had done to the Son of God and they owned their responsibility and they repented of it. Confessed their sorrow and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit for their lives. The baptism of the Holy Spirit not only changed them internally by washing their heart and life of the sin of their past, but also giving them a new external expression of what it meant to be wholly owned by God. outward expression of faith in Christ became the embodiment of what they had received. And so as we read just a moment ago, they were fellowshipping together, sharing their meals together. Scripture goes on to say they sold their possessions and they cared for the needs of others. There was an embodiment. We really need to have a conversation about what conversion means because so often we talk about salvation as a personal salvation. And there is that personal work, but I would suggest to you on the day of Pentecost that God changed persons and peoples. In other words, God worked in the individual lives of persons so that peoples could be affected. In other words, conversion is not simply a private thing. It is not a private act of God, it is a private act of God that comes with the necessity to embody all that God hopes for in the kingdom of God. It will always have an outward expression, caring for the needs of others. It's a difficult thing to think about selling one's possessions. But it's what they did. God had reordered their reality. The events of Acts chapter two brings an invitation to us. The invitation to repent. Through Jesus Christ the disappointments, mistakes and failures of our past can be redeemed and forged into a future of hope. That you and I could live lives with a future and a hope so that these children gathered around this baptistry this morning could see the Holy Spirit of God's baptism lived out, modeled for them, so that they say, I want to live like that someday. I want to embrace that someday. I want to embody that someday. Because someone sold something, gave something up their time their pleasure, their retirement, and spent time with me as a child. I wanna do that someday. The Holy Spirit of God reorders their reality in such a way that they became powerfully magnetic in their witness. and people were drawn to them. Just as Jesus and the Holy Spirit changed Peter, Jesus and the Holy Spirit can change you. Craig Keener writes that Acts chapter two is the empowerment to speak God's message to the ends of the earth. And we'll explore some of that next week. For we'll be three weeks in the book of Acts here. Everything Jesus taught in his parables, we spent 13 weeks in the parables and still didn't cover them all. Everything Jesus talked about in his parables is lived out on the day of Pentecost. What a difference a day makes. So what are you waiting for? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit since you believed? Have you repented? What are you waiting for? You've been thinking about making a change for a while now. You've been wondering about a new life. Your self-talk may have even taken on the form of a prayer. What are you waiting for and praying for? Is the Spirit of God at work in your heart and life asking you to do something new, different? Is the Spirit of God disrupting your reality a little bit? You see, the Holy Spirit, when given, doesn't stop there. The Holy Spirit, when given, continues to work and continues to disrupt and continues to reorder our reality. Why? Because we are flesh. We are human. We are tempted. And the Holy Spirit, as Jesus talked about in John 14, 15, and 16, walks alongside advocating in us for the things of God. That we might be the people of God and that the kingdom of heaven might be present on earth and resist the forces of evil or empire among us. The baptism of the Holy Spirit makes possible for us to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Want to be an extension of the covenant of Abraham? It's a pretty good thing. Want to be a part of what happened in Pentecost, Jerusalem, on the day of Pentecost? That's what we're part of. There's a worldwide community right here in the San Gabriel Valley waiting for us and our witness. I pray that you will let loose the spirit of God in your life. And if you do not yet know Jesus, we'd love to baptize you someday. But I invite you this morning to pray the prayer of repentance and say, oh God, I come to you. I surrender to you. Forgive me. Go with me. And let the Spirit of God's Holy Spirit come to you in a new way. Have you repented and believed? May it be so on this day. Let's stand together. I'm gonna pray a brief, brief prayer, then I'm gonna pronounce a benediction. But I would say to you, if you would like to have prayer with a pastor, there will be a pastor here at the altar after the benediction, for whatever reason. But if you have prayed a prayer of repentance and you've surrendered your life to Jesus, especially, I invite you to come and speak with a pastor. Don't pass that moment by, because we wanna encourage you in your walk with Christ. And if the Holy Spirit has been sort of disrupting your reality, let that be so. We'd like to hear about it. Come and pray with the pastor. Oh God, Your word rings true to us on this day. Your word, oh God, encourages our hearts. Your word, oh God, comforts us with hope and a future, and your word, oh God, disturbs us. May your word, oh God, linger strong in our minds and hearts on this day, and oh God, may there be those among us who repent and believe on this day so that they may look back and say what a difference a day makes amen from ephesians chapter 3 verses 20 and 21 now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think According to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And everyone said, Amen. You are dismissed.